What is up, guys? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast. My name is Zach Hernandez, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Anthony Perry. And today, we are bringing you the 49ers Week 6 preview against the Los Angeles Rams. Anthony, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Zach. Doing good. Um, Can't tell you how kind of nervous I am regarding this 49ers game. I mean... With what's going on with the season so far, two and three, it's definitely been a disappointing start. We're already through a quarter of the season, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but it feels like the 49ers don't really have an identity. They're pretty good at stopping the run on defense. That's one thing I can think of. They've been getting shredded on the other aspects of the defense, so that's kind of frustrating, at least in the secondary. Um, the offense, they can't get a run game going. There's not really a pass game. And, I mean, Mullins had, what, one good game? Garoppolo had half a good game against the Jets. So overall, Zach, it doesn't feel like this team really has a true identity. And I'm really shocked to be saying that for a team that just made the Super Bowl. So obviously factors or excuse me, injuries have a lot to do with this, but it's still it's still kind of scary to think that even with the injuries, even with the same coaching staff in place, that this team still just feels lost, man. So to, to say the least, I'm doing good. <laughs> I've been sitting on this a lot, but it it is a lot, Zach. It really is a lot, and I honestly can't wait for this Niners game. It's obviously prime time. They're wearing the throwback white uniforms, so let's just hope that those uniforms stay white and don't get battered to a pulp after Sunday. Yeah, dude, seriously. I mean, it's been such a tough season, but I think what makes it the most kind of just mind-boggling is it's so hard to grade because I mean okay everybody's going into this year without an offseason without preseason so it's you can't really use that as an excuse but when you add that on to you know the body's not being used to getting hit and then the 49ers getting injured just at a ridiculous rate it's hard to really grade where this team is and I feel like over the next this game and maybe the next game or two We'll really find out. Is this year done? Is is it, you know, did this go from the revenge tour to the rehab tour? Like our new merch says. I mean, I, I really don't understand what more they need to do as far as um, or what more needs to be done as far as getting the job done other than getting healthy. Because once they get healthy and, and Sunday minus Jimmy last Sunday, I should say, against the Dolphins, uh, the offense was fully healthy for the first time this year. And they put up seven points together. So if that's going to continue at that rate, uh, things are not looking great for the 49ers. Things are not looking great for Jimmy Garoppolo. So there's just a lot, lot to head into. Um, but Anthony, we are recording this on Friday night. And earlier today, I got a notification from Bleach Report stating that Jimmy Garoppolo is telling the media his ankle feels fine, basically 100%. Uh, to what he feels like prior to getting injured. Is this dangerous for him to come out and say, because if he does not play well and Kyle Shanahan pulls him, now Kyle has no ankle wasn't feeling good excuse. You know, it's funny that you say that because I obviously saw that quote and I was like, wow, that's kind of a lot coming from a dude who has been injury prone in the past and not just his ACL injury, but he's had a history of head injuries. At least he had a couple of concussions in New England. Obviously, he's had these leg injuries as well. So there's a lot of factors going into this. And I would say, yeah, Zach, I really do think that if he lays an egg out there or he just still doesn't look like himself. And here's the thing about Garoppolo is that 
obviously not everyone is a quarterback coach, but the eye test will tell you, and just based on what a lot of you know qualified pundits on social media and on videos and whatnot have said, Garoppolo does not necessarily have the best throwing mechanics, and the fact that you put him in a game against... Um, God, who they just played? The Dolphins, I'm sorry. The Dolphins, where he's still hurt, apparently, and you already have pretty wacky mechanics. Garoppolo just looked like a guy who shouldn't even be in the NFL. That's honestly how bad I thought he looked. And now you have him saying that this ankle is good, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to lead this offense. And then you have someone like Shanahan saying, look, Jimmy is ready to go, he's 100%. I fully expect him to execute everything in this offense. You're kind of writing a lot, and you're putting a lot on the plate of him, of Shanahan, and just really the entire offense to get the job done and move the ball. And the problem with it is that I've seen a lot of people, and including myself too, I agree with this, that a lot of Jimmy's pass game, a lot of what he does is kind of predicated off the run. So what I mean is that how well the run game is doing can more or less determine how Jimmy is going to really do for the game. And that's not to knock him because we've seen him execute when it matters. We saw him do it last season, but that was last season. It's kind of time to move on from that and realize this is a new season. This is a new situation. Can Jimmy Garoppolo execute with what he's been given? And the problem is that I know he has a bad offensive line, but you still have George Kittle. You still have Debo Samuel. You still have Brandon Ayuk. You still have all these weapons on offense to where, yeah, I get it. Pass blocking is bad, but there should be no excuse to try and get the ball in the hands of your playmakers. And yeah, you can shoulder the blame on on Shanahan somewhat, but you still have to hope that Garoppolo can execute. And we've seen him do it, but this season is an entirely different story. So if he can't execute when he's quote-unquote healthy with basically an entire offense that's healthy outside of Weston Rickberg, then, Zach, I will say that there are a ton of problems. Not even after this game. It could be just after the half, especially if he does get pulled. Yeah, man. When I saw this, I thought, all right, Jimmy, now it's time to put up or shut up because, you know, we saw a shaky performance in week one and he was out there without George Kittle, no Debo Samuel, no Brandon Ayuk. So he was throwing two second and third string wide receivers at best. So that the performance that on week one was understandable or at least justifiable Um, week two he played fantastically. He looked great. He looked like 2017 Jimmy before the injury. And I thought, awesome. We're finally getting Jimmy. Last week was a fluke. Don't worry about that. Uh, this is the Jimmy that we're going to get. And the 49ers season is back on track. We obviously all know how the Jets game went. I don't have to recap that. But then he got injured. Uh, he didn't come back until last week against the Dolphins. And he looked as bad as I've ever seen him. Arguably as bad as Nick Mullins' Sunday night performance um, against the Eagles. So it was it was really confusing, man. And Jimmy's playing for his for his job. Let's just be honest here. Jimmy is playing this week and onward for his future with Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. If he does not do well, he's gone. I mean, they have an out at the end of this season. So if he wants to continue being the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, this is the time to show it. This is the time to prove it. Um, Because if not, thank you, Jimmy. It was nice knowing you. Good luck on your future endeavors elsewhere because this 49ers team cannot waste George Kittle's prime. They cannot waste Fred Warner's prime. They have an aspiring 
best player of the year in Nick Bosa, who is entering his prime at a very early age. And, you know, he may stay in his prime for a while. However, they have a lot of players that are ready to win right now. And they cannot afford to be held back by a quarterback. And I, I really think that Jimmy Garoppolo regressing really hurts this team, man. I don't think it's something that they were planning for. I mean, it's evidenced by them not drafting a quarterback since C.J. Beathard. Um, they, they, Kyle famously said that year, you know, no, we didn't, we didn't even look at any of these quarterbacks because we have three really good quarterbacks that we're comfortable with. And Anthony, I'm sure you know the saying, if you think you have multiple good quarterbacks, the reality is you probably have zero good quarterbacks because usually one is miles away, miles better than the other. And that's your starting quarterback. You don't want to have multiple quarterbacks among the same level of play because that usually mean that level of play is really diminished. So, oh man, I don't know. It's just been a total shocking eye opener in the season so far. I mean, all of 2020 really has, and I kind of just went on a rant here, but leave it to 2020 to mess up Kyle Shanahan's 49ers that went to the Super Bowl, almost won it, returning with, you know, 98% of this roster basically, and leave it to 2020 to go ahead and mess that up and just flip things completely upside down. This running team all of a sudden can't run. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo all of a sudden can't throw. You know, like there's just so many things that are just so backwards and confusing. So it's just, it's just frustrating, man. But let's go ahead and get into this uh, divisional matchup. It is the second one of the year. They open the season, obviously, at home against the Arizona Cardinals. And now they have a Sunday night matchup against the Los Angeles Rams. And Anthony, they're still winless at home. Do you think... Or let, let me ask you this before we get into our predictions. What do they need to do in order to get that first win at Levi's Stadium? You know, what's weird to think about is that a lot of people would say that Levi's Stadium was never really a uh, like a big-time stadium to provide real home-field advantage like a stadiums do in Seattle and Kansas City and Green Bay and New Orleans. And I think it's true. Levi's has never really been that stadium, arguably up until last year. And obviously we went to some games and loud noise just sounds loud. That's the bottom line. But I don't think that stadium ever hit the levels at which Seattle and Kansas City had done. So it's weird to think that this team already can't win at home to begin with. Obviously, you can put a lot of factors into that, such as the teams they've played versus the New York teams where, yeah, MetLife was awful, but, I mean, there's still no fans in the crowd and those New York teams sucked. But you can also argue that, okay, well, they're at home and they've lost to a what seems to be an average Arizona team right now, a terrible Eagles team, and an even worse Dolphins team. So I don't know if it's just this team is just not comfortable playing at home. Maybe they're still getting their feet wet in terms of just playing on grass. Obviously, I guess it's a lot to say that they were pretty scared to play on that turf and they're just trying to transition back into a grass field. I, I don't know. I'm trying to kind of think of stuff off the top of my head as to why they just can't win at home. But maybe, maybe it was just that these guys really took home field advantage to heart. And yeah, I would say crowd noise definitely plays a factor in football. But again, Levi's never got as loud as some of the big time stadiums. So it, it's just shocking to me that while they are at Levi's and yeah, there are no fans, they're still pumping in that crowd noise and they're still trying to make it as real as possible. And I'm thinking like, man, take advantage of that fake crowd noise to the, to the best of your ability. So obviously, Zach, I said a lot goes into this, but I think these guys just, 
man, I don't know what to say. I think they just got to go out there and play like how they did in New York. Or shoot, maybe they should just move to New York if they're going to be this bad in Santa Clara. I don't know, man. It's definitely, um, I, I guess you can argue it's a mental hurdle for these guys. But again, Zach, I said this on Twitter. There should be no excuse to lose games to the Dolphins and Eagles and even the Cardinals. And they weren't even hurt against the Cardinals. Dolphins and Eagles, yeah, I get they were hurt. But still, those are two very inferior teams, I think. And to have basically the same roster minus the injuries through and through it is a very frustrating process and it's been very frustrating to even watch so zach i gotta say they just gotta get their heads out of their asses and just get the job done man there should be nothing they're afraid of there should be nothing that they have to worry about go out there and just play some damn good football and we haven't even seen that from the team yet and i i'm gonna say this zach i don't even think we've seen it because i don't want to count the new york teams because the new york teams are combined what oh and ten so I'm going to take good football out of that discussion because New York teams just suck. So they're finally playing a good Rams team. I want to see these guys execute. I want to see these guys get the job done. There should be no excuse not to execute, not after the season they had last year, where where arguably they had just as many key injuries as this year. Yeah, man. Levi Stadium is so tricky because it was obviously designed for the Bay, the, the Bay you know, for San Francisco. It's open so you can overlook the ocean, right, where, um, uh, excuse me, candlestick-wise. And instead, and we talked about this on our YouTube show, Niners News, um, it's overlooking Great America, a parking lot, and some corporate buildings. So the design of the stadium doesn't fit where it is. It doesn't hold sound well. It doesn't uh, kind of like, what's the word I'm looking for, encapsulate the sound and make it louder with echoes and, and stuff like that. And on top of all of that, half of the stadium is burning the hell up half the year. So it's kind of an all-around messed up stadium, which sucks because I really do like it. When you're there, it's beautiful. You love walking around. It's really nice. It's one of the you know more modern stadiums in the NFL, and you would hope it is because it's brand new. But it just kind of doesn't really seem to fit. And, and you know, we felt maybe last year when we were at the championship game, this kind of feels like home field advantage. And that's the first time I've ever felt that at Levi Stadium since they've been there. And obviously this year's completely went to, to, to shit, you know, excuse my language, but because of COVID and you can't really go to the stadium at all, no fans and they're piping in noise. So it, it, it's kind of a, a, you know, moot point. There's no home field advantage pretty much anywhere. Um, so it's hard for them to get anything going at home, but, that's no excuse because every other team is dealing with it at the same time. So they need to step it up. And I think one area that they, they really need to get going against the Rams on Sunday night is in their running game. Uh, you know, the Rams last week, they had a, a relatively good running game, uh, running game defense against the Washington football team with an 89.4 or excuse me, with an 89 flat. But the previous four weeks, the highest grade they had, was in week one, and that was a 59.3. After that, they followed that up with a 51.7 grade against the Eagles, a 37 flat against the Giants. Um, so there's, or excuse me, 37 flat against the Bills, and then a 42.5 against the Giants. So they are vulnerable on the ground. And Raheem Mostert is back. He came back last week. He looked phenomenal. If the game didn't get away from them so quickly, I think we would have seen a lot more of you know, Raheem. So 
the 49ers need to make sure they don't get in a hole early and, and don't need to uh, completely abandon their, their game plan when the first quarter, cause they're down multiple scores and they need to make sure they can lean on Raheem Mostert. And honestly, Anthony, I think a lot of that starts with, uh, excuse me, starts on first and second down. They cannot fall into getting, you know, sacked on first down incomplete pass on second down. And then suddenly it's third and 13, third and 14. That's not doable. Um, I believe if I remember correctly, they lead the NFL in distance to go on third down. And it's something like eight or nine yards. And then not only that, they lead the NFL in quarterback hits. Those are two areas you do not want to be leading the, the categories in that that's, you know, that's complete equation for failure. So they need to step it up and it all starts on first and second down. Do you think they can be effective on the ground on Sunday? Do I think they can be effective on the ground on Sunday? Well, I'll tell you, Zach. Raheem Mostert is having himself a really nice season. I think he's arguably been the most effective player on the Niners' offense to begin with. It's tough, though, dude. It's tough because this offense, like you said, is really predicated off the run game. The better the run game is, the better the offense can operate, the better things go from there. Well, Raheem Mostert's speed, I, I think, is really the only reason why there is a run game to begin with. So it's like if you do put a Jeff Wilson back there or Jarek McKinnon where, yeah, they may pop off a 5- or 10-yard run, but I really feel like that's about it. And you have to go up against a Rams defensive front that features Aaron Donald, um, Ja'Kai Polite, who's actually having a really good season, surprisingly, Leonard Floyd, Morgan Fox, all these guys on that defensive line who can really just get after the quarterback, who can really attack the run, and they just take advantage of bad offensive lines, and we see them do that against every NFC East team this year because, you know, the Rams are 4-1 and one against NFC East teams, so it it's really tough. I mean, the Rams have taken advantage of really bad competition, and right now that story kind of figures to repeat itself as they take on arguably more bad competition than the 49ers and I don't mean to knock them Zach but the Niners just they haven't looked good that's pretty much it so to really just establish everything on first and second down they got to get some push that offensive line has to go out there get their heads out their butts and just attack that Rams defensive front if you can get Raheem Mostert to the second level or if you can get Raheem Mostert a blocker to the second level like we saw against the Dolphins where Kyle Shanahan did this design play where he pulled Lakin Tomlinson and Trent Williams to the left and had them all lead block for Mostert and it was like a 40 or 50 yard gain. It's like, dude, where has that been the entire season? We haven't seen those kind of plays executed at all, let alone those plays even being called. So I want to see Kyle Shanahan really get creative on offense and look. This whole thing right now between the fan base and even from what it seems like from players, it just feels like a lot of finger pointing. It really does. It's like players are blaming coaches, coaches are blaming players, fans are blaming players and coaches. So it's like everyone's at fault here, damn it. But the bottom line is that this team just needs to execute. If they can go out there, attack that Rams defensive front, establish early, if you can just average four or five yards a carry on first down, really put a lot of pressure on that Rams defensive front, move the ball, I think I think it'll be an easy day for the Niners going forward, man, but that's obviously just that's a lot of words, dude. This team has been frustrating to watch and it's a weird game to talk about because the Rams have played really bad competition, but the Niners have played really bad competition. The difference is that the Rams are getting the job done and the Niners aren't. 
So it goes both ways, man. But I think this game will be won in the trenches. If the Niners offensive line can get after that Rams defensive front, it should be a good day going forward. Yeah, man. I totally agree with that. Um, and as far as the competition level, the the Rams, you know, like I said, I went over their schedule, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Bills, the Giants, and the Washington football team. So they're not playing too many great teams. Um but they win the games that they're supposed to win, which the 49ers haven't been able to say this year outside of the Jets and the Giants, which, yeah, not 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 a great you know record there of shouting those victories. So they need to step it up this week if they want any chance of saving their season and any chance of us not talking draft here before Halloween even gets here, um, which I really hope we don't have to. Because that is not an exciting season. Um, and, and you know, you talked about it all starting in, in the trenches and up front. This it could get ugly, Anthony. I am I'm terrified of seeing the 49ers offensive line trying to block Aaron Donald. And every time we talk about this man, it's how much can we limit his damage? It's never can the 49ers eliminate him entirely from the game? Because realistically, that's not going to happen. Um, so do you think the 49ers have a solid chance of minimizing his damage and keeping Jimmy off of the ground for the, the majority of the game? Or do you think that's kind of uh, too much of a wish at this point from what we've seen from this offensive line? Well, you know it best, Zach. The bottom line is that Aaron Donald just – is like a Madden cheat code. He's just really indefensible. He comes into the season with eight sacks, 19 quarterback hurries, six quarterback hits for a total of 33 pressures. I was reading an article from David Lombardi, and he was saying that Aaron Donald is on pace for 24 and a half sacks, which is on track to beat Michael Strahan's record. So if that isn't an indicator of how good Aaron Donald is, I don't know what else is. But the bottom line is that you just got to neutralize Aaron Donald. You got to do everything you can to just slow him down. Your best bet, if he's on the edge lined up over Trent or Mike McGlinchey, pray to God, you got to give him some help. It sucks to have to use George Kittle in the blocking game because we paid him a lot of money to, you know, just be a complete player. But you don't want him to be being paid 15 to $16 million to be a really good in-line blocker. But in any event, man, you got to chip Aaron Donald. You got to double team him. We've seen him triple team before. It's like, do that. Do anything you can to slow this guy down because he will single handedly game wreck a game. That's who Aaron Donald is. So get after him, block him, neutralize him, do whatever you can. We talked about this a lot last year where Jimmy Garoppolo going up against strong defensive fronts like the Saints, like Green Bay, like um, Los Angeles right now. A lot of short, quick passes, maybe intermediate stuff. Obviously, we may not see anything deep. But this is where the 49ers offense was feasting, man. They feasted in the middle of the field, getting off those quick passes that Jimmy Garoppolo liked to hit a lot back then. So if Jimmy Garoppolo can find his rhythm and get that ball out in less than three seconds and just hope that you can prevent Aaron Donald from even closing in within a yard because Aaron seems to be really good at doing that within three seconds, then it should be a pretty good day. But looking at the defense as a whole, Zach, the Rams are just... They're one of the better defensive units in the team. They just simply get the job done. Obviously, you feature guys like Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, all kinds of guys that just come out here just to really do what they're supposed to do and get the job done. And what's frustrating is that we're watching this Rams team execute. We're watching these guys go out there and just play hard-nosed football. 
and we're not really seeing that from the 49ers at all. So if these guys can just go out there, attack that Rams front, attack that, um, I guess, the middle part of the Rams defense, I'm talking about the linebackers, shoot, trying to avoid the secondary and just prevent any mistakes, and it should be a good day like we've been saying, but obviously that's easier said than done. This Niners team has just been really frustrating to watch, but if they can execute, if they can go out there and just not play scared football, I think, I think they have a good chance of coming out with a W. Yeah, and, and you know, normally going back to last year, I would say, yeah, that's not even an issue. They'll get it done. Um, I, I, I'd bet on them more often than not, obviously. But this year, man, it, it, it's just different. And it's almost like there's, I don't want to say an effort issue, but it's like they're not on the same page. And we saw it last week with Trent Williams kind of yelling at Lake and Tomlinson on the sideline, and they were kind of going at it. They're not on the same page, and I think it's obvious. Um, and, and that's the product that we get from them with miscommunication, whatever the case is. So they need to get it together, like I keep saying, if they want any chance of saving this season. They're 2-3 and three and about to enter the toughest seven-game stretch that I can remember in recent history. So if they don't get it together soon, then it's going to get ugly quick, and they can't afford that. And, and to be honest with you, looking forward long-term, my biggest fear, Anthony, is that they win enough games to fall out of the contention for a top pick like a quarterback, but they don't win enough, obviously, to get to the postseason or anything like that. And they're just kind of stuck in no man's land where they don't help themselves in the future. They're not helping themselves right now. Nobody's happy. So I really hope that doesn't happen. Um, and, and to be honest with you, I wanted to get your opinion on this because this I thought was kind of intriguing. Um, and and maybe this alludes to a little bit of what Kyle Shanahan is doing. Maybe I'm reading into it too much, but Matt Mayoko reported today that the 49ers are no longer optimistic that Ronald Blair, Weston Richburg, and Julian Taylor all will now be uh, excuse me will no longer come off the PUP list in time to give the team a boost at all. What do you make of this? Am I reading into it too much that they're kind of Kyle maybe saying? Look, I know where the season's going. It's not even worth it. Just save it. Don't get hurt again. Um, I, I don't want any help winning because I'm trying to get as you know, kind of as high as a pick as I can get. Kind of standing under the table, or am I reading into it too much? <laughs> you know, this draft is obviously going to be very quarterback heavy. We've seen Trey Lance has declared Zach Wilson, Kyle Trask, obviously Trevor Lawrence. There's a lot of talent going into this draft, including Justin Fields and. I don't want to look into it as much as you are because I will be following down that dark road and likely agreeing with you. But you've heard it from me most, Zach. I've been wanting the Niners to just go after a more athletic, better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo, someone who can be creative, someone who can be mobile and move the pocket. And I don't mean mobile in the sense that they can run well, they can just scramble and get like 30 yards I just mean dudes that can move around, guys that are shifty, guys that can just create. Not, I mean, obviously guys like Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers are generational, and same with Russell Wilson. But if you look at all these guys and what they have in common, Zach, is that they can move the pocket, they can create, they can make something happen, they could make something when nothing is there. Jimmy Garoppolo is just too slow to make that happen. And on top of the fact that he's not good at reading the field, he's not really good at diagnosing plays. He likes to force throws. He's just 
very indecisive and we saw that quite a bit last season as well where if he wasn't having a good game it was a lot of those oh there was a jimmy garoppolo throw there was a jimmy throw there was another one and it was the same story over and over again so i will tell you right now i already think the 49ers can improve at quarterback they can get away with cutting garoppolo for less than two million dollars and relieve over 27 million dollars in salary cap if i'm not mistaken uh, 19 or 27 won those numbers but the point being is that they can save a lot of money and in a class where there will be quite a few good quarterbacks falling even if the Niners don't get a top 10 pick and even if they miss the playoffs but still finish around the the 10 to 15 range like they had that pick with um trading Buckner for Kinlaw like even if they get like the 13th or 14th pick I still think a very good quarterback talent will be there it, obviously I don't want to get too much into the draft stuff now but the point being is that if they don't want to activate those guys if they're not feeling it then one I think our training staff and our medical staff are the chargers people in disguise and two that really does tell me that maybe Shanahan isn't too confident in getting these guys back I mean we gotta look at Western Rickberg's contract hit after this season especially if he doesn't play because he will likely be expendable Ronald Blair was on a one-year contract obviously once he goes that'll be some money freed up and then Julian Taylor is still on his rookie contract so that's kind of whatever but the bottom line is that if the Niners don't go out there and quote-unquote accidentally win these games especially against the Rams the Seahawks the Packers and they they stand at like say five and four or even five and five I think a tough decision will come if they even want to activate those guys and obviously you don't want to be speculating on that because every guy should go out there and play football it's what they get paid to do it's what they want to do but you got to figure, dude, that we saw what happened with with the Niners and what they did with good draft position. They ended up with Nick Bosa. What happens if they end up with good draft position and they're in a position to take a Justin Fields or Trey Lance or, God forbid, a Trevor Lawrence, you know? it's The options are endless when it comes to picking this draft. And the bottom line is that quarterback needs to improve. And I secretly think teams don't hesitate to tank if they have to. So... The money's up in the air and everything is on the table for 49ers, man. Right now, it still feels like they have no true direction. And this Rams game will really determine if they're ready to compete for the playoffs or if they're ready to suit up Trevor Lawrence or Trey Lance, man. They have a bunch of options, and it's a frustrating wait-and-see approach. But, you know, it's sports. It's football. you gotta, you got to take the punches and really just hope for the best, you know? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, at this point, they don't really have too many other options because like i said earlier they kind of put themselves in this position it's almost like how they are with their secondary they neglected it year after year after year they kept saying sherman and verrett sherman and verrett maybe akello emmanuel mosley we feel all right with you there too but we're not going to draft any guys we're not going to sign any guys we're just going to be content and in the nfl if you're staying the same you're not getting better that means you're getting worse because teams know who you are already going into a season if you didn't improve or change anything from last season you didn't add any new new talent uh there's already film out there on you and teams know how to exploit you so this team consistently doesn't improve in areas for whatever reason because they feel okay they feel they feel content with how they are and it's coming back to bite them this year with their secondary, possibly after this year with their quarterback, depending on what happens. And it's just really disconcerting because they were in such a prime position to have a nice Super Bowl window open. 
And it's starting to look like that's that's, uh, you know, unrealistic and that's more of a joke. So as a diehard 49ers fan, it's a little painful because of how it was mismanaged. But I'm not giving up hope just yet. It does start with this Sunday. Um, If Jimmy Garoppolo tells me his ankle's fully healthy, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to say it wasn't fully healthy last week. And if he started and played, that's on the coaching staff. Uh, Maybe he insisted he was good to go. Who knows? But let's see what he brings this Sunday night to the table. And that brings me to my next question, Anthony. What do you envision him doing? What type of game does Jimmy have? Which Jimmy shows up? Good Jimmy, bad Jimmy, all right Jimmy. What do you think? Well, before I get into that, I do want to say that the bottom line is that this game is going to be a really heavy Jimmy game. I don't think the Niners defense can stifle this Rams offense. Obviously, Jared Goff is having himself a pretty decent season in terms of what's going on around them. Uh, Cooper Cup is doing really well. Robert Woods is having himself a really good season. Daryl Henderson, kind of like that, was a third down running back, has now kind of became their all-around running back, has done a fantastic job of leading that position. And they just drafted Cam Akers, and they still have Chunky Boy and Malcolm Brown. But the bottom line is that they have a really good rotation at running back. They have a really good rotation at wide receiver. And they also have a really good rotation at tight end, man. Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett, these guys can get the job done. And I'll tell you, it's just the Rams have weapons all over. And I'm surprised the Niners even beat them twice last season. And yeah, obviously they were healthy and everything was clicking. But the Rams were still a really good team. They just had a really kind of poor season and just bad luck. So it seems like the tables have turned. The Rams are kind of in the position where the Niners are, where the offense is clicking, the defense is getting the job done, and they're taking out the opponents they're supposed to. And right now, the Niners are one of those opponents that a lot of people are going to think the Rams are supposed to beat these guys. So I'll tell you, Zach, this is going to be a high-scoring game. That's the bottom line, assuming the offense can move the ball and the defense can get at like a stop or two. But Jimmy's going to have to have a really good game, man. He's going to have to go out there and throw for 300 yards. He's going to have to go out there and pass for three touchdowns. That's really what I think he's going to have to do. I don't know if this offensive line is good enough to run block. I don't know if these guys are even capable to pass block. And a lot of that will determine how well Jimmy does. So if I were to speculate, I would say that Jimmy has a good game, Zach. I I do think he will pass for three touchdowns and over 300 yards. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see his final stat line include a fumble or a couple of interceptions because it's Jimmy Garoppolo, man. It seems like he still has to shake off the rust. It seems like he still has to work out his own kinks. And I don't think we're going to see complete Jimmy at all this game. I think we're going to see the Jimmy Garoppolo that's still working himself back into shape, sadly. So it, it won't be a big Jimmy game, I think, in terms of him just having a perfect game i think we'll have a better game than he did against the dolphins but i don't think it'll be anywhere near the jimmy that we saw last year so it'll be respectable jimmy but not all-star jimmy i mean i can i can see that it's a lot to ask of him the only reason why i am a little optimistic because he has his you know his offensive cast around him healthy he's got george kittle back First time, um, besides the first half of last game playing with Debo, he's got Ayuk in there. He's got Raheem behind him. So he has the the weapons necessary to have a nice game and to not lose this game single-handedly for the 49ers. Um, and, and I think I, I totally agree with you. It's going to be a lot on his shoulders. 
if they want it to hang in there with the Rams. And it, it reminds me of the week, I believe it was 16 matchup last year. Uh, I think it was a Thursday night game uh, against the Rams where it was that shootout. And, you know, he, he saved them with the third and 17, third and 16. We might need that type of performance from him. And so far, he hasn't shown that he can do that. Um, so if he is able to do it, this will be the first time this year we will see it. And if so, look, I'll be the first to admit, maybe we should hold the brakes on talking about another quarterback, but I'm not going to get fully back on the Jimmy train like I like I was prior to last week. Um, that, that, that opened my eyes a lot, uh, unfortunately, and I started that for the first time after that Dolphins game. I started to say, look, maybe he isn't the long-term answer. I was always a pretty strong defender of him and all of his critics. Um, but if if last week was more his performance than his health, then man, I, I don't know how you can argue that he's a long-term answer here in the when in the Bay Area. I just want to take a second to thank today's sponsor. Today's episode is presented by Wild CBD. Wild produces the best tasting edibles on the market using real fruit and all-natural flavoring. With flavors inspired by the Pacific Northwest, high-quality ingredients, real fruit, and consistent dosing, Wild has become one of the leading cannabis edible producers in the whole country. Wild's new CBD line currently offers real fruit-infused gummies in blackberry, huckleberry, lemon, and raspberry and CBD-infused sparkling water in raspberry, lemon, blackberry, and blood orange. Each gummy is dosed with 25 milligrams of CBD and can be purchased in a bottle of 10 or 20. Wild CBD is offering our listeners 30% off their next purchase from wildcbd.com by using the code POD. That's code P-O-D for 30% off your next purchase. Wild CBD products are intended only for use by individuals aged 18 and older. Wild CBD products should only be consumed as directed on the label and should not be used if you are pregnant or breastfeeding. All Wild CBD products are made with ingredients containing 0% THC. Consult with a health professional prior to using Wild CBD in any combination with any medications or other dietary supplements. Again, you can get 30% off your next order by going to wildcbd.com. That's W-Y-L-D cbd.com and entering code pod you'll get 30% off your entire next order go get that right now guys we all know 2020 has been stressful enough take advantage of the special offer again wild cbd that's wild with a y cbd.com enter code pod for 30% off now let's get back to the episode um but moving on to the Rams offense, Anthony, their focal point of attack is their wide receivers. They got Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Um, I believe they have a, a nice tight end. I'm forgetting the name of right now. Gerald Everett, uh, I believe. They are pretty good. Jer- Jared Goff, he gets a lot of flack in the media and on t- NFL Twitter, but he's efficient. He's efficient. And, and Sean McVay does a good job of trotting him out there, and he's essentially an extension of Sean McVay's his brain and his coaching uh, coaching style. So my question for you is, how is this dinged up secondary, which is getting Emmanuel Mosley back finally from that uh, concussion that he suffered against the Giants at the hands of uh, 
Chikoisky Tart, unfortunately. But back to my question, how do they stop this, you know, really, really difficult to defend Rams wide receiver core? We're going to have to see Niners do what they did in 2018, where it was kind of a frustrating year, obviously, with all the injuries and Jimmy Garoppolo towards ACL. But I thought the defense was a lot better than it seemed. And I know they went, what, five, uh, four and 12 that year. I want to say that this defense is going to bend and not break, dude. And the defense is still ranked pretty good. According to Football Outsiders, they're the number 11 ranked defense in all of football via DVOA, which is just in terms of efficiency. So the defense is doing really good. They're doing what they're supposed to do. They're getting the job done. Obviously, the pass rush isn't really hitting home like how it used to, but these guys, I think, are still getting pressures. So, again, it's going to have to be bend but don't break, dude. They feature, the Rams feature a lot of really strong offensive weapons, and the playmakers extend far and above and beyond what we've at least seen from the 49ers so far. And I'm not saying that the 49ers' offensive weapons aren't what the Rams have. I'm just saying we haven't really seen that to its fullest potential this year yet. So, Ben, don't break. Obviously, getting Emmanuel Mosley back is huge. Having Mosley and Jason Verrett side-by-side should be really beneficial. The safeties are still playing really well in Jaquaski Tart and Jimmy Ward. You have Fred Warner out there. Drake Greenlaw is finally back after, uh, after I think, he had a thigh injury or some type of contusion. I know he played a little bit last game, but he should be good to go this game so you get all the linebackers back. Obviously, Quan Alexander is gone, but with the way Quan has played this season, I, with all due respect don't necessarily think he'll be missed on that defensive line or that defensive front so it's it's just bend don't break man they're gonna get a lot of yards you know zach i wouldn't be surprised if the rams get 400 yards of total offense between rushing and passing i think the rams are going to move the ball i think they're going to move the ball well it's just a matter of this defense can hold them in the red zone and hold them to three points or hopefully force some turnovers where where it's really hard to execute in the red zone to begin with. So if the Niners can get that, if they can just at least slow down the Rams' offense, have the offense for the 49ers get a key touchdown or some key field goals, whatever it may be, it'll be a one-score game. I really believe that. But if the defense can just execute, limit the big plays, something that we have not seen them do at all this year, limit big plays, and I think the defense will be able to hold. It's a tough task, though, man. Obviously, the secondary is, is... pretty good i would say they aren't playing too bad and i'm talking about when mosley is out there and then fred is out there and tartan ward but it's that front seven man or not even front seven just a front four that you just got to hope these guys can get pressures the rams don't feature that good of an offensive line their offensive line has improved dramatically since last year but they're still not necessarily an intimidating force so if this defensive line can just Get pressures, pressure golf, or even just keep winning against the run. They should have a really nice day as an entire defensive unit. And then from there, it's just a matter of can the 49ers offense limit their own turnovers and keep their defense off the field so they can rest and stay refreshed. So bend, don't break, stay refreshed, and just execute. That's the biggest, biggest thing going into this game. Yeah, I, I, I like what you touched on there about the 49ers defense you know, not being asked to be on the field for extended period of time. Obviously that is a huge component of being successful, especially when they're so depleted by injuries. Um, You cannot ask them to go out there for 60, 70% of the game and, and, you know, still keep you in it. That's a lot to ask of any defense, but especially one that's missing so many key pieces, so many starters 
you know, it's just tough to do, man. And this 49ers offense this season, time after time, they've, you know, been put in a prime position. I'm thinking of the Sunday night game against the Eagles. Uh, I think it was a one score game or maybe even, you know, within a couple of points and the play where, uh, gosh, I'm forgetting the corner that got injured. Maybe it was Verrett. One of the corners got injured. Jamar Taylor comes in third down, solid corner blitzes. And, and Jamar Taylor sacks Carson Wentz and they're on their own side of the field. They're at, I think they're inside their own 20 or something like that. And the defense gets a stop and they get the ball back at midfield for the 49ers. What did the Niners do? Two plays later, uh, Nick Mullins turns the ball over and it's just like, Oh my gosh, talk about not playing complimentary football. And that's what happens. You lose and you lose ugly games, man. So this offense needs to start helping the defense. They cannot ask their defense to go out there and play extended periods of time. And, and you know, after giving up a long drive because they're winded, they're exhausted, the, the offense to come in there and go three and out and put the defense right back out there. They that, That's not a winning formula by any means. So I'm looking for this offense to put together some nice long drives starting with Raheem Mostert, ending with Jimmy Garoppolo. And, and you know what? What I really want to see, Anthony, is some fullback-led blocks. This team is so successful when Juice is utilized, when he's in the running game being the lead blocker, when he's you know being shifted out wide for a pass. You know, He runs those wheel routes phenomenally. So I want to see Juice more involved. And I also want to see Deba more involved. Because those are two key pieces that usually when they're involved, the 49ers are in the game. And if not, if they don't win it, they were at least very close. So, um, and to be honest with you, I really want to start out with some high percentage throws. I want to see Kyle move the pocket. I want to see him get Jimmy outside of the pocket, buy him some extra time. Um, because if this offensive line doesn't hold up and you're going to get Jimmy hit another 13 times, it's not looking good. So I want to see Kyle make sure he can game plan around that because he should have enough footage on his own team to know their weaknesses and know how to mask them, which he has been a fantastic coach at doing just that so far through his you know tenure here with the 49ers. I don't see why all of a sudden he shouldn't be able to do that. Um, so I really want to see three things. Debo and Juice get involved. Some high percentage throws to get Jimmy's confidence going early, especially after, you know, a couple shaky performances to start the season. And not only that, but I want to see them get the pocket, you know, moving, get Jimmy moving and just really help him establish a rhythm. Because once this offense gets going, it's hard to stop. We haven't seen it yet really this season, minus the Giants game, the Jets game, which you can kind of write those off because it's the Giants and the Jets. Um, so the Rams have been a good football team through five games this year. So if they can win Sunday night against the Rams, uh, I think, okay, we might be onto something here. This might be where they turn it around, but if not, it might be time to pack things in. So when we talk about this being a pivotal matchup, it's a really pivotal matchup. Um, now, Anthony, what I do want to ask you about here is the third and equally as important aspect of the game, and that is special teams. Last week, we saw the 49ers call up Kevin White from the practice squad, the former first-round pick from the Chicago Bears, 
And he essentially was called up to be a gunner and to return kicks. And he, he, he didn't really do much. I mean, he, he wasn't any better or any worse than Dante Pettis or Trent Taylor back there. But my question for you is what the hell is going on with the 49ers special teams unit? You know, a unit who provided them sparks at really opportune times last season. They've been completely, you know, not there. They've just been out of the picture and horrible for the 49ers. What's going on with that unit? Yeah, Zach, it's really weird with what's going on with the special teams. I mean, Richard Hightower, the coach, doesn't, not to knock him for his job because obviously he's in his position for a reason, but the bottom line is that the 49ers special teams has always just been a weakness. And I don't mean in terms of just defending. I just mean in terms of returning pass or returning passes, returning kicks, returning punts, Long snapping, apparently, up until Tabor Pepper was an issue this year. Kyle Nelson just got the yips and basically disappeared from the face of the earth. So, I don't know what's going on, man. I don't know if this guy is just, like, a curse for special teams. Whatever he did to return kicks back then or to coach it up, he ruined Dante Pettis because Pettis looks like he doesn't even ever want to take kicks again. And maybe the coaching staff tells him not to do that, and it seems like they do, so... I will slightly respect it, but the bottom line is that when Pettis has the opportunity to return punts or return kicks, he doesn't take it, and it feels like it's the same with Trent Taylor, too. He doesn't return those punts or kicks at all, so I don't know if it's a Richard Hightower thing. I don't know if it's just a philosophy thing. I don't know what it is, but the bottom line, Zach, is that special teams has just been absolutely awful, and right now, up until Richard Hightower leaves... I really don't know if special teams will improve much further than it will. Right now, I'll tell you, not just from a returning perspective, but field goal blocking and punt blocking. We saw Wisnowski's punt get blocked week one against Arizona Cardinals. We've seen Robbie Gold attempt field goals, and it seems like just every time Gold gets a kick off, there is always, always, always someone literally right there ready to block that thing. And I've been trying to kind of observe that in other NFL games, and I see more often than not teams tend to get pretty close. But I don't, I don't know about you, Zach, but it feels like against this 49ers blocking unit for field goals and kicks, it seems like those guys are just terrible what they do, and they don't put any effort into at least attempting to keep Robbie Gold's kick safe. So I would say at the moment it is a Richard Hightower thing, and this probably will be something I end up going back and forth on for a while. But the bottom line, Zach, is that these guys on special teams are just, they look lost and confused and dazed. And I don't know if it'll improve going forward. It certainly doesn't feel like it's going to improve going forward, but we'll have to wait and see. But I will tell you, dude, if these guys can't return punts and kicks and even get five or 10 yards off of those returns, I think there will be a serious problem for that moving forward. And I will tell you right now, I'm just... I know when Raheem Mostert was the gunner, he was really good. I didn't really get to see how Kevin White was. I guess he was okay. But, man, it's just special teams on this team as a whole seems like such a liability. And I'm not talking about trying to cherry-pick like Garoppolo's play or Shanahan's play calling. I just mean the 49ers as an entire special teams unit feels like it's the worst in the league. So if they don't get it going soon, man, I would not be surprised if Richard Hightower is out of a job by the end of the year, let alone even in the middle of the season. Yeah, I totally agree with you because they've been so ineffective and, and, and they've been performing so poorly. There's really no excuse for it. It goes down to the fundamentals. It goes down to the basics. And, and really when you do bad excuse me, when you perform poorly at the basics, at the basic tasks, you know, that are required to do your job well, 
that usually falls on coaching. So I'm not going to put it all on Coach Hightower, but I think a good amount of the blame does deserve to go to him because something's going on, man. Something's in the water here in the Bay Area, and the 49ers are suffering from it, and, and they really need to get it together. I mean, I remember last year there were a couple plays where special teams gave this team a much-needed spark. We haven't seen that at all through five games. They're averaging a couple yards on each return. It's really bad, and they could use any spark you know they can get right now. So if they're able to get something from special teams, and I, I'm really glad that you brought up the, the uh, blocking on kicking, uh, field goals, and on punts because that's been equally as bad. And I don't know what the heck is going on there because that's such a simple task. I mean, high schoolers do it pretty well, you know, blocking the guy in front of them when it comes to, to letting your kicker kick a field goal or the punter get the punt off in time without getting drilled into the leg, you know? So it, it's just so mind-boggling how this team has regressed as a whole. It's like they haven't been told the season started, you know? It's like there's they're still in preseason mode. I don't really get it, man, but it's time to put up or shut up. I keep saying it, but it's true. The clock is ticking, and they are just about out of time to prove that they want to do something this year and that their window wasn't a one-year wonder, and they're actually here to make another run because if not, they're going to need to start looking at what can they do to improve this team next year because this year is already a scratch. Um, but I'm getting ahead of myself, man. So I keep going on these long rants. It's been a long week, but going back to the Rams game, let's go ahead and wrap this up. It's already going about an hour long. Um, what are some keys to victory? Why don't we start with the defense? Uh, what's one thing that you want to see the 49ers do on defense? And if they do it well, they'll win the game. Three things. Zach, we talked about it earlier, but I want to stress this point now once again. Bend, but don't break. This defense needs to get their shit together. I'm sorry, Robert Sala needs to get his head out of his butt. You know, man, that's been kind of my favorite saying tonight, but I will tell you, I think it holds true. These guys need to focus up and lock in. We haven't seen them do it at all this season, and I'm still going to discount the Jets and Giants, dude. They suck. I'm not going to count that as locking in, because if the Niners didn't win those games, shoot, dude. I don't even know if I'd be a fan of football anymore. I might as well just stop watching. But really, though, these guys have to focus up and lock in, and that starts by playing well on defense. You can give up all the yards you want against the Rams. We saw the Niners' defense do that in the second game last year against the Rams where they gave up over 300 yards of offense, if I'm not mistaken. So they got to bend but don't break. That's my first big key. The second key, hope that the secondary can hold up. This will be Emmanuel Mosley's first game back since, what, the Giants or Jets? Obviously, he had a concussion, so that's no joke. We got to hope that Jason Verrett can stay healthy and play a whole game once again. If these guys can do that, they can be good. They won't be locked down. They aren't going to completely shut down Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, but they will neutralize them. They should be able to limit them, and that's the most you can ask for from those guys. So that's my second key. Lock down in the secondary. At least just simply execute, prevent big plays. And third and last, Zach, Who's going to step up on the defensive line? Is it Eric Armstead? Is it Javon Kinlaw? Kerry Hyder is having a career year. Kerry Hyder looks like he's going to play for defensive MVP. That's just, Obviously, he won't, but that's just how good he's been for this team. Can someone on that defensive line step up? Will Kinlaw get his first sack? Will AA continue this great play of football he's been on the past couple weeks? Will Kerry Hyder continue his hot stretch as well? Who is going to step up? Who will it be? 
That is yet to be determined, but the bottom line, Zach, is my third and final key. Someone on that defensive line needs to go out there and just punch someone in the mouth. If you can go out there and punch someone without getting a 15-yard penalty, I think those guys will go out there and really make a statement for themselves. So, Zach, first key, bend or break. Second, play very well in the secondary. And third and last, who will step up on the D-line? Someone steps up, it'll be a good day, and I think they can pull out with a very narrow victory. Man, shout out to Kerry Hyder because that man is such a pleasant surprise this year. Um, there's always, you know, in a down year, there's always one or two guys who just stand out and, and, you know, have a career year. And you could be happier for them because, look, if Nick Bosa doesn't get injured, Kerry Hyder doesn't have extended playing time and he doesn't make a name for himself. Now, I'm not saying I, I you know, would rather Nick Bosa not or get injured than not get injured because that's not the case at all but it is nice to see at least some positive coming from it and Kerry Hyder is my guy I'm rooting for him every week um I hope he does have another big game Sunday night um because the opportunity is there I know Jared Goff hurt the 49ers on some bootleg runs in the second game last season but for the most part he's not that mobile so the 49ers they've been able to crash home and and get pressure but they are allowing quarterbacks to escape out of the pocket they're losing contained they're not setting the edge and that just you know completely defeats the purpose so that's one of my key points i want to see them actually get home keep contained don't let jared goff look like kyler murray or patrick mahomes and scramble all over this defense um because if so it's going to be a long day for that defense uh number two i want to see the linebackers be solid. Um, they're likely without Quan Alexander, who has the high ankle sprain. So it's going to all fall on Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw, two very talented linebackers. They can get the job done. I want to see them do it. I want to see Dre take that next level. We've seen all pro Fred do it already this year. He's essentially been putting the defense on his back. Um, I want to see them continue to do it. And number three, I want to see the secondary step it up. I, I think I'm kind of mimicking one of your points here, but Emmanuel Mosley's back. Show us what you got, E-Man, because we have seen some horrible play and in the secondary since you've been gone. And Jason Verrett as well. He's looked good. Talk about pleasant surprises like Kerry uh, Hyder. Jason Verrett has been a fantastic surprise for the 49ers this year, and I cannot wait to see him if he's able to continue to play at this high level. If they do, if they do those three things well, this defense can keep the uh, game close enough to where the offense should be able to stay in it as long as they just show up on Sunday night. Uh, now let's flip it around, Anthony. Give me three keys to victory for the 49ers' offense Sunday night against the Rams. It starts with Jimmy Garoppolo, man, but I'm gonna move up one step higher. It really starts with Kyle Shanahan. I want Shanahan to put his team in the best position to win. Get your ball in the hands of Debo Samuel. Get that football in the hands of Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. Find someone on that offense who will step up and be a playmaker. We've seen Ayuk do it. I know he's a rookie. I know he's only flashed in a couple games. But the bottom line is that he has that ability. I want Ayuk to step up. We got to see what Debo can offer once again because he looked pretty good in his first game back. I know he didn't really get too many opportunities, but we saw what he could be. We've seen George Kittle execute this year. Someone on that offense needs to step up. Shanahan, go out there. 
put those guys in a position to succeed, get those guys open. I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo can have himself a really good, good game. Make it easy for him. Scheme something up. Get that ball in Debo. Get that ball in Ayuk's hands. Whoever it may be, Mostert, Kittle, Jarek McKinnon, whatever, Zach. That's my first key. Shanahan, step up on the play calling. You got to execute just as much as these guys do. If he can do that, I do believe this Niners offense can at least put up, I'm going to be generous and say 25 points. 25 points minimum. Secondly, Zach, Jimmy Garoppolo, next in line. Limit the turnovers. Limit the mistakes. You see someone coming after you, whether it's Michael Brockers or Aaron Donald, get that ball off quick. If there's nothing there, read the field. You see pressures in your face. If you can't create, throw the ball away. Throw the ball at the receiver's feet so they can't pick it off. I want Jimmy Garoppolo to go out there and be smart. If we see smart Jimmy, the day won't be as stressful. And lastly, Zach, the offensive line has to step up. It's not an easy task to go up against Aaron Donald in that unit, but if they can give Jimmy Garoppolo three to four seconds of time to pass, which is more than enough to read the field and let plays develop, it'll be a really nice day for the offense once again, man. So those are my three keys to victory, Zach. Shanahan, step up the play calling. Jimmy Garoppolo, be quick, limit the turnovers. And the 49ers offensive line, just give Jimmy Garoppolo some time to pass and block block some running lanes and just open stuff up if they can get that job done i think the niners can come out with a victory yeah th- those are huge and i love that one about kyle shanahan he needs to step step it up because his cl- play calling has been suspect at best um that that i think it was a second drive against miami dolphins fourth and one and they do a shotgun run to uh gosh i can't remember which back it was but i know it wasn't Jeff Wilson, I think it was with Jet. It was with Jet. And, they, I mean, you're going to do a shotgun run when you need, I think, around a yard? Come on, man. That that Just that that right there kind of – it reminded me of the Sunday night game against the Eagles where uh, Nick Mullins missed juice on that first drive for a wide-open touchdown. It just kind of set the, the, the mood of what that game was going to be like, and that's how I felt on that fourth down stuff. Um, but I want to see, we need to see, not even want to, we need to see better play calling from Kyle Shanahan, um, because we've seen it before, even going back to the Super Bowl, he gets away from stuff that works. And it's like, why I get it Sunday against the dolphins. Don't get me wrong. Uh, the pl- game plan goes out the window when you go down three scores right away. He even said to himself, uh, during the press conference this week, you know, it's hard to game plan when you're going into halftime 30 to seven, you don't plan for that. So as long as this defense keeps the score low enough for the offense to keep them in the game just by showing up and doing the job at least 50% of the time, I think they'll do all right. And and three things I really want to see, and I touched on, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo getting mobile there. Um, I think that's important. However, I also cannot take any more bad Jimmy throws. I can't take it. I can't take just the horrible interceptions and last week the two that he threw I think did indicate that he really was injured because he wasn't able to plant that back foot and really you know plant into his throwing motion and drive into it and I think that's why they completely sailed on him so I want to see Jimmy and I think I might be uh excuse me parroting one of your talking points which is he needs to make better decisions he cannot go out there and just throw the ball carelessly around just because they're going to need him to throw it a lot he needs to be careful with the ball and he needs to get the ball in the hand of his playmakers 
which likely falls equally in the uh, hands of Kyle Shanahan as far as being responsible for doing that. But I also want to see Raheem Mostert go off because, like I said to begin this podcast, they can really exploit the Rams' weaknesses as far as the run defense. And Raheem Mostert makes this offensive line look a lot better than it actually is. So if Raheem Mostert has 100 yards, they likely win this game. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it at that. I'm not even going to give you a third one. I think those are enough on the offense. Uh, why don't we go ahead and wrap it up with our uh, MVP predictions? Why don't you go first, Anthony? I'm going to start with my offensive MVP, Zach. I, it's tough. Obviously, this offense is going to be predicated on how well Jimmy Garoppolo plays and how well the offensive line blocks. But if I have to give anyone the MVP who I think is going to step up, I think it's going to be George Kittle, man. In his career, George Kittle has just absolutely shredded the Rams defense time in and time out. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see that once again, whether we do get good Jimmy or bad Jimmy, whether Jimmy gets taken out and we see Beathard or Mullins, whoever it may be. The bottom line is that I think we'll see a very breakout-ish George Kittle game. I want to see George Kittle break out for over 100 yards. I want to see him get over two touchdowns. Someone's got to step up, man. I think that stat line, any one of the wide receivers and Ayuk and Debo Samuel can make that happen. But I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to George Kittle, man. I won't be surprised if he is asked to block more often than not. And even if he only touches the ball nine or ten times, I think he'll make the most of it, Zach. So give me George Kittle as my offensive MVP over 100 yards and two touchdowns. You know, it's hard to bet against George Kittle. <laughs> Um, I can totally see that. I think he's going to need to have a big game if the 49ers win on Sunday equally as big as Raheem Mostert. But I got to go with Mostert, man. I, I got to go with Mosterati. I think as long as this running game is successful, the 49ers have a good chance at winning this game. Uh, so I think Raheem Mostert, if they win it, I'm going to go with 11 carries, 120 yards, and a touchdown. Uh like I said, he makes this offensive line look good and, and decent um, at times. So just his vision, his speed, his cutback ability is unmatched on this team. And last week, it showed how much he's able to do with the same exact lineup that other backs couldn't do anything with. So I think Mostert is key. Mostert is the key to this game and the key for the 49ers victory. If he gets 100 yards on the ground, I think they likely win the game. Uh, why don't we go ahead and do our final score predictions here? All right, final score prediction. So, you know, time in and time out this season, I think we've predicted the Niners to win every single game. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you right now, dude, this might be the first time in this podcast history I'm going to predict the 49ers to lose. But I've just got to be real, man. I don't believe in the 49ers right now. And obviously, as a fan, you want to believe in them. And a lot of people probably say, oh, well, if you're not a fan you or if you're not a believer, you probably shouldn't be a fan. Well, it's like a lot of people on social media have just been getting blasted for being critical of the team and being critical of Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo and everyone on that team. And it's kind of kind of frustrating to see that people aren't realizing that if you're being critical of a team, if you're being critical of the players, that does not mean you're bashing them. It's like, I can rag on Jimmy Garoppolo all I want, but that doesn't mean I still don't believe in him. That still doesn't mean that I don't want him to be the quarterback. The bottom line is that I want him to do well, and I want him to succeed. It's just, 
we as fans and we as people have the opportunity to watch Game Pass and rewatch games and really see what the mistakes he's making are, what's going on. And yeah, it's easy for us to really be critical because none of us are coaches and we're just trying to think of what's best. But we do see what the problems are. And, and a lot of people on social media tend to agree with one another about those problems, at, you know, at least the people that aren't you know, blasting one another. But Zach, in any event, I'm ranting on. I don't think the Niners will win, this, will win this game, sadly. It's just going to be another really frustrating loss. I think it's going to be Rams 34, 49ers 21. I think it'll be a two-score game. I think this Rams offense is just too hot right now for the Niners to stop. And I think the Rams defense is just... The defensive front is really overwhelming, man. And I don't know if Garoppolo is going to get the time he needs to really move the offense for the 49ers. So give me a frustrating loss, Zach. 34-21 to 21 Rams. Ouch, man, that is, that's ugly, but it's, it's to be expected this year. I mean, they have not played well and that's what happens. Um, I think that I'm going to join you. Maybe we can turn this around today. Look, okay. So what I normally do is victory Monday. I go to work in my charcoal suit, white shirt, bright red tie with a gold clip. That's my victory Monday outfit. But I thought, you know what? I'm going to switch it around. I'm going to do it my good luck Friday outfit. So I wore that today to work. Um, also, after the week one loss against the Cardinals, I wore my – I had been wearing my Bosa jersey, which I wore throughout all last season. Um, but I swapped it for my Jimmy jersey. Look, I'm all into superstitions, and you guys can laugh. This stuff works, man. So I think we switched up a couple things. I switched up a couple things in my personal life, and I'm going to join you in picking the 49ers to lose this game and maybe by some weird reverse cosmic karma energy. I don't really know. The 49ers will win. So I'm going to say they lose this game 21 to 10. Um, I think it's not a relatively high-scoring game. Um, but, hey, maybe they'll come out and prove us wrong, man. But. That's going to do it for us today, guys. I really do appreciate you all tuning in to another episode of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast here on 49ers Hive. If you guys like what you hear, do us a solid. Leave a five-star review on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you can leave a review. It is the best way to help us out. Um, And make sure you guys go and follow us on Twitter at RGSPod. You can follow me at Zach Hernan. And Anthony, why don't you go ahead and let the folks know where to find you and close us out. Zach, it was another great episode. Obviously, we were a lot more critical of the team going forward, but that's what happens when you're a former Super Bowl team runner-up and you're 2-3 and three in a season that really feels like should have been the Niners for the taking already. I mean, we saw all the revenge tour right now. It's the R&R tour where they just need to rest and relax and just get off of the IR in general. But, man, it's frustrating, but we care about the team. We want to see these guys execute. I think they will do it at some point in the season. It just doesn't feel like this game is theirs for the taking. In any event, though, Zach, fans, everyone, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast. Follow me on Twitter, 49ers Perry. That's 49ers as in the team name, Perry, P-E-R-R-Y. And as always, guys, thank you for listening to another episode of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast.